Welcome everybody to Fergon the Freak. This is episode 205 and we have a very special guest in Canadian Rugby League superfan, Sandy. How are you, Sandy? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's a summer holiday, so hopefully I'll be able to enjoy some sunshine here soon. Yeah, what's what is summer like in in England compared to Canada? Um I'm not even sure summer is a season in this country. <laughs> um, you know, one one of the reasons I love to go back home is because it's humid, it's hot, it's just perfect for me. Over here, it's gray today. It's warm, but it's gray. It's not really exciting that it wants you to do something. So it's, it's definitely different. Mm. Um, but I do miss my summer holidays. I know I was over there in 2006 and they called it a heat wave and I mm. was wearing a hoodie most of the time. And I remember seeing on the news, they were saying to bring your pets in over in England because it's, uh, they won't be used to the heat and it was like 26 degrees. And I was like, this is like, this is barely a warm day for me. Well, that, that's the thing is for me, I, I mean, people say, oh, it's really warm today and I'm still in my jacket. I mean, for example, in October when my, my son plays rugby, I'll be wearing my, like, everyone thinks it's still summer. I'm like, it's not summer. Like, what's <laughs> the weather? It's just, yeah, I'm definitely one that I'm very happy when it's 30 plus degrees, very hot because I've got arthritis. So the hotter, the better for me. Oh, um, nice. And unfortunately, the UK, it's very damp a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So my wardrobe normally doesn't match the ones of British people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite fact about uh, Canada is that the northernmost border of California is further north than the southernmost border of Canada. That is a very interesting fact. Yeah, it's really weird. And like you kind of think that can't be true, but it is. Well, uh, can I give you one? Yeah, go on. Canada are full of most bizarre world records. And because I was doing a Canada Day um, quiz with all the expats. So we had over, I think, 300 people doing it. It was really good. So I thought I'd look into the funny world record facts that there are for Canada. And Canada had um, has the, the most – there's an individual in Canada who's got the most – Christmas decorations in the world with over 200,000 or something. I'm thinking, what kind of a world record is that? Who comes up with these world records? You know, we've had the longest um, street hockey game. Yeah. That's what we play in the summer. And it lasts something like 100 and odd days continuously. Oh, wow. So there's some, there's a lot of obviously hockey records, but there are some really bizarre, like the biggest piece of fudge world record is in Canada. And the biggest jawbreaker. I mean, it's just the most random, but I do find them quirky facts quite quite fun to 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 look for. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I I'm you know what I I haven't I didn't do it in the last episode, but I've got to ask you about the animals in Canada because I'm fascinated by things that can kill you with their face. So (laughs) like like the panther, but we don't have any. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh so I, I, we might keep that to the end of the podcast. I can ask That's you all fine. about that stuff. Okay, so this week, uh, it, it's weird that it happened this week because we only talked to you last week. But this week, the Toronto Wolfpack come out and they told Super League clubs that they would like to have a loan for I believe it was two hundred and fifty thousand pounds 
uh, to go ahead with the season. They didn't get that loan approved by Super League clubs, and so they chose to withdraw from the 2020 Super League season. Um, things are a little bit up in the air with the Toronto Wolfpack right now. I, I don't think... I don't think anyone really knows how this is going to play out, but as a supporter of the club, what was your first reaction when you heard the news? And what do you think is going? To, what do you think is going to happen with the club? Do you think they'll be in Super League next year? Um, it's very difficult. In the four years I've been following the team, um, obviously since it's, it's I've seen so much change happen, even within the season, that it seems that it's. I can say something today and then tomorrow they've changed their minds. It's just so difficult. Um, you know, in, in North America, you know, when you look at some of the hockey and baseball, you know, they make changes to, to rules and so on at the beginning. And then they make further changes for the following season. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, what did I think was it going to happen? Well, if you think about it, Toronto, unfortunately, were very unlucky that, Neither could they get a furlough support from Canada or the UK, even though that obviously they are a Canadian team and they've got a registration there, they couldn't get it. And I'm sure the Wolfpack have got the lawyers on this to check and, and, and they weren't um, able to get any support from that. And the RFL loan, it was for UK teams, you know, UK organizations. And obviously Toronto isn't one. So, um, as the as the pandemic happened, I just I did wonder what is going to happen because the borders are closed. They're not letting anybody in. You know, if we can't play at home, there's a huge market that we've missed, and it was just going against them. And yes, I'm a bit sad that the Super League, you know, teams voted not to help, but I know it's not all of them. Do you know what I mean? I think it was a vote. Um, so, cause I know there are super league teams that do like us, you know, that always supported us. Um, and sometimes it seems like it's politics that gets in the way, you know, is it self-interest or is it actually the good for the game? And if anyone says that we're not good for the game, I will fight there. I will, I will not tolerate that statement because unless you've gone to Toronto and you've seen it for yourself, you've got no real leverage to, to to have that debate because you're watching from afar yeah you know yeah. it's like with anything you know if people criticize an individual or you know a company or something you can't really talk about it unless you've experienced it yourself and everyone that i've known who wasn't sure about toronto initially when we were in league one or league two or championship when they've gone to Toronto, they were absolutely blown, you know, just couldn't believe how different it is. The fan base, what we do, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a city that's got um, sport in their DNA. You know, it's so passionate and it's, it's so hard to fight the, and I'm, I'm not saying we're, it's not totally the COVID situation, but it played a huge part. And how many companies in the UK are struggling you yeah. know, if you're yeah. not getting home games, if you're not getting merchandise sales, if you're not getting so many of the basics that even some UK businesses are getting and they're still closing, mm. you know, even with the government support that some UK businesses are getting, they're not they're not able to carry on. And sport is a business as much as people like to talk about the community and so on. It is a business. And there are some things you can't get away from. And it's, it's, it's a shame. I wasn't surprised. 
because like I said, you know, with so many things happening that they couldn't control, they can't tell Justin Trudeau, let it let let us in. You know, they can't yeah. tell John Tory, let us play at Lamport. There's a lot they can't control. So how can people get angry at us? Because I don't know what, you know, what would the rhinos do? What would Featherstone do if they didn't get the support from the furlough scheme in the UK? Yeah. If they didn't get the support from the RFL, if they needed financial support, what would they have done? And yeah, they're in the not, UK. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, so it, for me, it's about having a a balanced and reasonable conversation and not just throwing sticks at us and rocks at us as if we're evil. Yeah, and I, like I lined it up uh, earlier this week to what we've seen in the NRO with the New Zealand Warriors, where, you know, obviously it's a little bit of a different situation because the, the Warriors bring in a lot of TV money from New Zealand. Um but at the same time, the Warriors at one point, they were saying, look, we don't think we're going to be able to have uh, take part in the NRL season. They weren't sure how the players were going to be able to relocate and things like that. And what you saw was the NRL bend over backwards, uh, talk to all the players constantly, talk to the club constantly, give them assurances that if they that they would be looked after, that they would be kept safe. They've given them, I believe, allowances to the players, living away from home allowances. They've done everything they could to try and get those players' families over to Australia. They've said to other NRL teams, look, we've got to start lending players to the Warriors if they need it because they've only got a certain amount of players that are allowed to come into Australia. And with all of that still happening, the Warriors are still kind of struggling along a little bit. They're not about to go broke, but they're, you know, they're just doing the best they can in a really terrible situation. This is the worst situation you can have for any one-off, any club that is playing in a different country's competition. It's basically the worst-case scenario the way that the world has gone this year. And and I look at that support that the New Zealand Warriors got, and I line it up with this the lack of support toronto's got from the governing body and the other clubs and i just find it absolutely extraordinary that you would that in super league they would say look we would love we would love entrepreneurs to spend millions and millions of dollars to try and get a super league club to do everything you can to and we're going to make you go through all the grades we're going to Make sure you know you're not going to get any central funds from us, none of that sort of stuff. And then when push comes to shove, when they're in Super League and something extraordinary like COVID 19 happens, they say, Yeah, all that effort, it's still not worth us giving you $250,000 as a loan to keep you afloat this season. That to me is mind blowingly short sighted. It's just very frustrating because you know, we did everything that the team were asked to do when they first wanted to come into the league. You know, you have to go through the divisions. You have to do this. You know, we did what we were asked to do. And, yeah, we got to Super League within our fourth year. You know, unlike Catalan, they went straight to Super League, which is what everyone's been telling me, um, that they kind of got a place automatic within the top division. And it's just so frustrating because... I've seen the positive impact. You know, everyone says to me, well, we are a small sport. We are minority sports, you know, and I'm thinking, well, why should we take that as enough? You know, why yeah. should we just accept it that we are a minority sport? You know, no, 
no business person or no, you know, when is a small percentage of what we are enough? We always, as individuals, we want to be better at what we do. We want to be the best accountant. We want, we want to be the best we can, you know, and we won't, a lot of us will not accept okay as it's enough. But why, I sometimes wonder, why do rugby league fans sometimes think that being, that, that label of, we are a minority sport. Why is that acceptable? I, why, yeah, are you I don't letting, why are you letting that label stick to you? Why don't you want to, why don't you want to say, do you know what? We were a small, you know, we were a small sport, but you know what? Because we've worked our asses off because we've, we fought and we've done this, we've done that. We're now the third top, you know, and, and, and don't let people say, Oh, we've all, yes, I know football will always be uh, a top sport in the UK, but there's other sports that are ahead of us. Mm. And why are we allowing other sports like netball or others to actually get above us? You know, yeah. we shouldn't accept that we are a minority sport to be enough. That yeah, really frustrates me. Because it's yeah, like it's crazy. Oh. And and it's like you, you can say to them it, it and it's the same sort of people that will say, Oh, you know what? I traveled down to Wembley to watch the NFL game. And it was fantastic, and I, it's it's great to see them trying to break the English market. And you'll say to the same people, well, why don't we try and get a rugby league team set up in Birmingham? You know, it's a pretty big city. There's a lot of people there. It'd be cool to have them on board, and they'll be like, oh, no, nah, rugby league's a northern sport. That's, that's ridiculous. Why would we do that? And it's like, you know, when they formed the sport in 1895, if they'd had the exact same ideas as some of the people do today, the sport wouldn't have got off the ground. It's it's mind blowing to me that in 2020 there are people that still think the future of a professional rugby league competition in England is based in tiny little towns and that it should never leave those tiny little towns. Yeah, for for me it's about I know I'm I, and I want people your listeners to know I'm not talking politics here of whether I'm a Toronto fan or you know a Rhino or whatever. If you take away the whole who do you support i'm talking about the sport mm, you know yes. the sport without the teams attached to it yeah you yeah. know you have got the most amazing product i mean it's incredible if you just look at a game and like i said for for months i was watching the nrl as a neutral so i had no allegiance to any team so i was watching it as if it was the first time mm. and the product is amazing you know it's got everything that you want from a very active sport mm -hmm. but what i don't understand is the need to be so negative about moving or growing the sport why yeah. don't people want people in Portugal to play, you know, why don't people don't want, you know, or, or other countries in the world when the product, not the team, but the product itself is what you call you, you're a fan of, you know, all these people call themselves fans, but fans is a positive thing. Yeah. And if you're a fan of rugby league or hockey or football, why don't you want to see it get bigger? So yeah, you, exactly. as a fan, can have more opportunities to go watch the game in different places. You know, mm. imagine if there was a new, you know, New York team in Championship or Super League one day or something, mm. you know, in Toronto and maybe one in other places around the world. 
you know, why is saying, you know what, I'm going to, you know, Leeds Rhinos have gone to Australia to watch a game. How cool is that for mm. the, the cup? Why can't we envisage the rugby league being in other countries around the world to the point where it takes you there as a holiday and you've yeah, got a sport and a holiday? I mean, I, yeah, I, it, it really just, I remember speaking to one fan and I said to this fan, if your team were to change name and you're against it. So this person was against the name change of their team. So I think in Australia, you've had a few where they've changed names. Yep. Yep. And, and I said to this fan, so I said, what do you think of the proposal to change this particular team's, um, I think it was Swinton. They were changing the name. They were thinking about changing the name. And I said, yeah. And I, and I said, what, what's your view on this? And he said, I rather, there be no team at all. And I said, sorry? He says, I'd rather there'd be no team at all because it's not the same team. I'm like, you can't change the history. Just because you change the name doesn't change the history of that club. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is you'd rather that team disappear and your grandchildren or future generations are stopped from enjoying the sport that you call yourself a fan that kind of mindset just blows my mind because I cannot understand. It's, you know, you're getting your own personal angers ahead of actually what's good for the sport. Yeah, and, and that, that was a really – because me and Andrew talked about that. And, like, the club basically said, we're dying. We've got to try something. So we're going to call ourselves Manchester. We've got, you know, we've got the marketing all set up. And the club directors were getting death threats over it. And so they said, look, fine, we're going to give the club away and we're out and we tried, we can't do anything about it. And the people that were fighting against that name change, they were literally, they were making the choice that they were happy to see their club just basically die on the vine then try something mm-hmm. different. Um, I Look, I know as a Penrith Panthers fan, if the club come out tomorrow and said, we would like to change our name to the Western Sydney Panthers. And if we don't do that, we think we might have some financial trouble. I'd be the first person to say, change your name. You know, if they wanted to be Western Sydney Panthers, Sydney Panthers, it doesn't matter. Like, just do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to make the, the club better and to make the game better. And I, the one thing I've always said to uh, to not only English supporters, but supporters over here too, is the strength of the worst team in your competition has a direct result on every other team in the competition. So you should not want to see any other team really badly struggling because if you've got a team that can't get a sponsor, that is struggling financially, that can't win a game, that has a direct effect on every team sponsorship, has a direct effect on the TV ratings, and it's just a cascading effect. Like People need to realise we're all fans of the one sport. We've got... 99% 99% of the things in common and to yeah. destroy all of it over the, over the colors and the name of clubs is absolutely ridiculous. And, and it's like when, when Vegas got a new hockey team, you know, the other NHL teams got around them and said, look, if you need help, you know, we're here, you know, and so on. And you just feel like you're being well, you're welcome, you mm. know, because they're going through new things themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I, and like I said, I want to make a point. I know there's a lot of people that like us. I know there's a lot of support for us, especially given the circumstances. Because had this happened any other year where it was a normal year, 
then mm. I even myself would have some questions. Yeah, yeah. But when there is a big thing behind you that you've got no control over, um, call it global pandemic in case you've not heard about that, you know, <laughs> even the prime minister doesn't know what they're doing because they don't know what's what's happening tomorrow. Mm. You know, so, you know, every there's so many struggles around the world. And I just think, you know, for those who don't like us or don't, you know, people say you don't belong here. Um, you don't, you know, go away, you go back to Canada or whatever. Do you think that you can just start a new complete league in North America where there's so many other sports going around? Do you think that's actually going to be possible? You know, you have to start a new sport in a new continent with some sort of connection to a league that is already starting, that is known mm-hmm. as a top league. You know, if Toronto started, because rugby league isn't a natural sport within North America, mm-hmm. it's hard to get people into it. Unless you're, you know, there's links to like British family or something, you know, or also union is quite big there as well. But for me, I just, I just wish people actually took a little bit, you know, you thought pandemic, we've all gone through hell, you know, people have died, you know, there's a big, there's big things in the world going on. Yeah. I would have thought that there would be some empathy from some people. Yeah. Even the ones that don't like us would go, do you know what? Yeah, I don't like you. I still don't think you're a good idea, but I understand, and let's see what happens. Yeah. That's all. You know, yeah. I'm not, I, we're not, I don't think, I want everyone to be super fans of Toronto or any North American team, like Ottawa or New York, whatever. But in some cases, a little bit of understanding of where we are in the current climate is appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, I, it, I, I agree. I Look, I agree 100%. And I've, I've said that, you know, the Toronto Wolfpack, I think are the most important uh, rugby league club in the world right now. And I, I still believe that to this very day because Super League desperately needs to grow its footprint and it, it just refuses to grow its national pr- footprint in the UK. It's lucky that the Catalan Dragons are so strong and can do things on their own. Toulouse looks like they're now ready to properly come into Super League, which is great to see. Um, and having Toronto as well, I mean, these extra clubs, they need to have the London Broncos in there as well. Like, they need these teams that are from cities, that are from big areas, because you cannot sell anything based on mostly small towns in any country. You just yeah. can't. It's it's but too even, difficult. Yeah. But but even if you look at Catalan, I'm not I'm not trying to diminish what they've done uh, at all because obviously they've managed to carry on for quite a few years now. Mm. But looking at the area, the population, and kind of their surroundings, Toronto have done more than Catalan have ever done in ten years when it comes to fan base and growth exposure of the sport because there's just more people in in North America and you know I just think that we have got such a potential to you know North America I've got 300 plus million people and like I said last week if we can tap into a quarter of a percent Mm -hmm. of people watching rugby league and now with Ottawa and New York coming in later on sometime within the last next couple of years, I think Ottawa's next year and then um, New York the following year, you know, those numbers will grow. But you need to 
support Toronto in their vision. Because mm-hmm. everyone benefits. You know, you've had Toronto fans coming to the UK and helping the UK economy. You know, with holiday, with hotels and food and and a lot of other things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, they might not all come to want to all the same games, but throughout the year we get quite a few. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's you know, there were over sixty that I I personally know who were going to come for the Magic Weekend. They're going to yeah. come here for a week. Yeah. Because when they come, they don't come for a, for a, a long weekend. They come for a week or two. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the game itself it's the wider community and the wider economy that we are we have been able to support you know there there are readers in canada buying subscriptions to online magazines that are uk based mm-hmm. you know it's not just the game it's more to it and you know like i said the potential of what they've already done is huge you know they are on mainstream radio where there's millions of listeners. Yeah, yeah. Where would you get that here? You just yeah, wouldn't. Exactly. Look, I on our podcast, because our podcast has been going now for just a little over a year. We started in March last year, end of March last year. Our, consistently, our third biggest market has been Canada through the whole thing. Um, and we've been shocked by it. Like, at first, we thought it was maybe a bit of an anomaly, but it's stuck solid throughout the entire time. It's been our third biggest market. It goes Australia, the UK, and then Canada. And it's kind of amazing that the... Uh, oh, Andrew, hang on. Andrew has just jumped on. I'll add him oh, to the call, cool. all right? Let's add That's him. fine. Okay. Uh, Andrew? Andrew. hope it keeps recording. Let's see if it does. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, we can't remember crossed. everything I've said now. <laughs> yeah. No, it keeps recording. Hi, Andrew. We're recording. We're partway through the podcast. I figured it'd be very professional of me to just yeah. ring unannounced. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know, and just, just make my presence felt on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get picky now, boys. <laughs> You're listening to the freaking Fergo on. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, we'll look, Andrew. We we're just talking about we the reaction by some Super League fans, and it's not everyone. It's just some of them that they kind of reacted with with almost glee to see the problems that the Toronto Wolfpack were facing. And we we're talking about how important the Wolfpack were, and that it's. I mean, they're one of the most important clubs in the game. And and as Sandy was saying, what they have done within four years has been absolutely astonishing. And I mean, they were literally—they're getting legit crowds to championship games. That, like, their crowd, their biggest crowd, it out—it outranked the uh, New South Wales Cup crowds that I was calling games at last year. It's, you know, the New South Wales Cup Grand Final—they didn't get the same crowd that the Toronto Wolfpack got for their championship, you know, game. It's—it's it's extraordinary that anybody in the UK is not scrambling to make sure the Wolfpack is saved. Yeah, look, I think the first thing we want to remember too when it comes to um, England um, is for their idea, expansion is going to North Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, and there's no surprise that they've got a bit of happiness about Toronto not working out because it's one less threat on the mm. on the table for a lot of these clubs. There's only three teams that are competing over there and Toronto turned up and they looked like they were going to be a, you know, an absolute genuine threat to those top three. Sadly, 
that hasn't happened this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but geez, it would have been great if they had come along and that had dominated Super League the same way that dominated the three grades, um, you know, the two grades below them for the you know the years before, prior. But they only lost four, four or five games in three years. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. The thing is, no fan, and not even David, has ever said we are going to save rugby league. We are the saviors. You know, that we, we, no one has ever. People have put those words into our mouths, but we've never said that. What we do say is we believe, and we still do believe, that we can bring something positive. We will be the stepping stone to a new market. We will give fans new experiences. You know, it's and I can't understand why people have got a half glass, um, half glass full view, sorry, empty and not the full. You know, Mm. I like to see the potential is coming. We have got a lot of potential, and and a lot of people see it as you're going to take something away from me. Yeah, I'm going to take what away from you. I don't understand what are we taking away from you. England's never looked very positively upon expansion. That's just a fact. I mean, even look at this year, okay, Toronto coming dead last, had, what, one win from seven or eight games, whatever it was? And yeah, so we only won a Challenge Cup game. There was only, I think, three teams. I'm just checking my stats here. I think there's only three teams that had a bigger average crowd than them this year in the Super League. Mm. So the Wolfpack were averaging 11,800. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hull FC averaged thirteen thousand five hundred. Leeds thirteen thousand seven hundred, and Wigan twelve thousand two hundred. Yeah, and like you think of the growth potential if Toronto just starts winning games, like even if they're just a mid-table team, where does that crowd go to? And it's not just the crowds that they get in the UK. It's like if you can if you can get like ten to twelve thousand people going to t- games regularly in north america that's more than a foot in the door like that is absolute rock solid gold and if they bring in new york and they bring in ottawa and you can start to get like three maybe four or five north american clubs that you end up with in a in a much greater super league at that stage you know all of a sudden the money really starts being brought in from north america and at that stage every single super league club is doing well off. You know, they start taking plays from the NRL at that point. The thing is, you need to have a truly successful team in North America to grab the attention of other cities within, within the U.S. and Canada who want a piece of the pie. You know, and you need... It's like, for example, in order to inspire new kids to want to play the sport... You need to have someone to idolize. You need to look at, because in North America, obviously, you've got the big teams, like the Maple Leafs and the, and the Boston Bruins and so on. Kids look up to these hockey players and so on because they want to be like that. Now, you need to have that, because that's what we're used to. You need to have a Super League team in North America to start looking at attracting the new audiences, the, the kids. You know, there were lots of kids going to our games. Um, you know, there are cl- there are local areas like in Barrie where they started their rugby league little kitty club, you know, and it takes time, you know, and but you need that team there. And obviously with Ottawa and Eric behind it, you know, he's obviously got a different vision in terms of how he doesn't want to go up that quickly. 
He's looking at bringing Canadian players who are obviously not league. They might, you know, have other skills that they can bring into the game. But if we're talking talking about long term sustainability, we David wants to have the opportunity to even grow that further. By you know, they have done things in the community. They just don't pr- promote it as much. You know, John Pallet and 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 the team there. They've uh, they had a new um, branch within the, the the team where they were going into schools. They were going into other places with the players and and the kids. If they if the kids love a player in whatever sport and the fact that this is a professional player that I can talk to, that I can take pictures with, that you know he's hanging around me, that does not happen in North America with any professional sport. Those kids are going to go. I want to be like him. Because they've really just been so different to every other professional sports player in North America who are untouchable. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a, a a very 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 different sporting culture to the UK, the North American um, sporting culture. Because like, I, I I think the aspirations that a North American athlete has is driven by something very different than a, a Northern England. Uh, athlete is like a, a lot of the times a northern england athlete for the most part they want to play for their local town and they don't want to play for anyone else and everyone else is the enemy because their little town is the greatest little town on earth just ask them so and... I, I thought you were going to say that the uh, the english athlete just wants to compete they don't want to win <laughs> well you know <laughs> i mean some clubs are like that some clubs are like that, but it's become that the, over there in England, though, because there's only been three teams winning the competition for decades. Well, that's the thing. I'm like that can't go on. There needs to be other big clubs, and you've got this club that has good backing behind it. You know, it's got this amazing start of a supporter base in a big city in North America, and Toronto's a great sporting city. You know, NBA <laughs> champions, Toronto. It's, it's, it's definitely um, love sport. Torontonians are definitely, <laughs> we spend a lot of money on sport, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, it, to me, it's just crazy that for the for £250,000, Super League Club said no. I just cannot get over that because it should have just not even been a question. When you look automatic. at it. Yeah, it, should, it really should have been. Should have been a, like, first thing, Toronto wants needs two hundred and fifty thousand, so we've done that. What's the next item on the list? You so know, who do I make the check out to? Just cash? Exactly. Exactly. The thing is, for me, I I don't understand because a few I've spoken to a few rugby league fans um here, and like I said, there's quite a few that do support us. And I said to people, why are people seeing us as a negative? Like, what is it? They're scared, and I'm thinking, scared of what? No one seems to know what they're scared of. Like, I don't understand. Our fans in Toronto are not going to take away anything that your fans are experiencing. Your sponsors aren't going to be the same of sponsors that we are targeting because we're in a, in a different market, so we want Canadian companies or whatever. So I'm not really sure. And if we weren't in the Super League and there was another British team in there, the TV money would have been divided by 12 anyway. Yeah. I don't think it's so, so much the money. I think it's I think it's more a case of, um, and this is not just rugby league in England either, this is all sport over there where they use the promotion and relegation system. 
and that is when a new team comes along and they've been decimating everyone in their wake in the lower grades, they're a threat of pushing a Super League team into relegation. And English fans, not just rugby league fans, but in soccer as well, when the team gets relocated, you end up getting two groups of fans, the diehard fans, and they'd be less than half the population of the fans there, and the clingers on who will turn up whenever the team's going well, but as soon as things start to struggle, just go, oh, i got to watch something else. And when you've got that dynamic there, as soon as your team gets relegated, your crowds get cut in half, the money gets cut in half, and then you struggle to get back into Super League again. And if you do get there, you struggle. And you see it in the Premier League and the soccer over there as well. Teams will get promoted, they hang around for one, two seasons, they're back down, they stay down for another 10 years or whatever, and then they might get up again. And that's just the way it is over there. This is why the promotion and relegation system is absurdly stupid. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I only started following rugby league, obviously, when um, kind of Toronto started. So I didn't even, I don't, don't even know what it used to look like before. And I'm still learning. I mean, I'm, you know, there are people are going to say on social media, she thinks she knows. Uh, look, I don't know a lot about the sport. Don't get me wrong. I just know what I feel, you know, what I experience. Um, and you know, what I've seen as a neutral person in that isn't caught up in history. I think there's so many fans that are caught up in history of the mistakes that happened in the past from 40 years ago or 50 years ago or 10 years ago. I just think, you know, sometimes I wish people could just see it from my perspective and just start afresh. Yeah, you know, and- there's no sport in the world. I mean, no sport in the world that is governed perfectly. There will no. always be people who, you know, like the the baseball, you know, how they de- dealt with the cheating, la- you know, in the last couple of years. You know, people don't like that, but they don't transfer that that anger to the game itself or whatever. It's just it's just a different mindset, and it's, yeah. it is really upsetting because. I love the sports. It's not about the wolf pack. It's about the, the product itself. And I just wish people would take away their political or their own agendas of their own team and use the word fan as I'm a rugby league fan mm-hmm. for a good thing. Yeah. And you know something is it's interesting because you've come from a background that is a sport-loving background, but it's a North American sport-loving background, and the culture is so very different between North America and Northern England. People need to shut up and listen to you to a certain extent because you you don't come with a lot of the baggage that a lot of rugby league people do have, and you bring a different perspective to it. And sometimes the different perspective is needed, and it's desperately needed in rugby league in the UK. And like, like it's been stagnant for so long that any new perspective they can get, they need to listen to it. And that was the great thing about the Wolfpack. It was something different. It was from a different sporting culture, but it was having a direct impact on the English competitions. And it's interesting that you bring up the history because it's funny. I was seeing people that were, you know, celebrating what had happened to the Wolfpack, who I know their clubs have been terrible for 60 years. And I know their clubs have gone broke in the middle of the season. They've shut down that company and they've started up a new company to play the next weekend's games. Like, they, there's so many of the clubs in Super League that have gone broke, completely broke. 
And you, like you think of a team like the Bradford Bulls, in the early 2000s, the Bradford Bulls in England were unstoppable. They were winning everything. And I remember saying to Bradford fans, like, it, this isn't the strength of your club overall. These are the good times. The strength of your club is when things aren't going great. And as soon as the Bradford Bulls just weren't winning grand finals, like there were still finals and stuff like that at Bradford, they went completely bust and basically disappeared. And, you know, this history that so many of these these people are clinging on to and saying, well, you, yous are all blow-ins and you don't belong here and stuff, their history is just garbage. Like they're holding but, on to stuff that's crap. But you, ha- but history has to start somewhere. You know, some of the people I've been getting direct messages from people who were just gloating because obviously social Twitter wasn't enough. They felt that they need to direct message me just to gloat about the situation. And what I don't understand is, yes, we are a new team, but we have a hi- we history starts at one point. Yesterday was history. You know, yes, it's not 50 years, but your 50 years doesn't mean that our four years doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. And people forget that the Toronto Wolfpack aren't just a sporting team, just like it isn't for some people. But just because we're four years old, it doesn't mean it's less meaningful. You know, mm-hmm. for us in the UK, the Wolfpack games brought expats together you know when you live abroad and you know you sometimes still feel like you don't you you know you're a square peg in a round hole or you know you have days when you miss home or whatever it is it's so it was so great to have the wolf pack game on a sunday or on a saturday that some of us can get together and just have a good time you know we don't want to just meet up in a coffee shop going to the games was just fun it was you know, it, it became a small family. And so for us, it has a different meaning for us here in the UK, you know, and it was, it, we felt that we were part of something, you know, we, we felt that there was a place for us here at times. Um, and in, in Toronto, they just love sport. They love the, the game day experience. It's just different to even, even Canadian, it's even different to the other Toronto sports experiences. That's the thing. You know, you've got the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, and, and, and the Blue Jays, for example. Their game days was not as much fun as the Lamport game days, and it's cheaper. So that's why if you go to Lamport, you had um, different cultures, different ages, kids, you know, grandparents. You, you know, it was just so diverse. And I think how is that a negative to the sport? I don't know. But for people to attack some of the fans to say you don't have any history, I'm sorry, but history starts every day. Yeah, and look, we uh, over in Australia here, we remember when they brought in the Melbourne Storm, and people were like, "Well, this isn't going to work." And the second team, the second year they're in the competition in 1999, they won. They won the grand final incredibly, and people were like, "This isn't going to work." And then all of those good players that they had, they retired and they still weren't going to work. They, all these young players they had come through, they're not going to be any good. And here we are like 20 plus years later and they've been through lots of lots of good times. The Melbourne Storm have been a very good team for basically 20 years. But they also went through some bad times as well where it would have been easy for their fan base to say, well, you know, the good times are over, let's go away. And those times were what galvanized the Melbourne Storm and really 
Like when the Melbourne Storm went through their salary cap scandal and had their premierships taken off them, that was when they went from being a franchise to a club. And that's when mm. their fan base went from being casual fans, maybe turning up or, and it, because it's a new team in a sport that they can follow that's a bit different. They went from that to being like diehard rugby league fans. Yeah. And it's really interesting that, into you know, you talk about the game day experience in Toronto. It reminded me of in the uh, 2008 World Cup. I went to a World Cup game in Penrith that was between Tonga and Samoa. And the two sets of supporters, the Tongan and Samoan fans, they sung for 80 minutes. They sung nonstop. <laughs> it was a beautiful atmosphere. It, 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 I was about an hour into the game where I looked around and I was like, not one person here is drinking a beer, which is really weird, right? And it was just this completely different atmosphere that me as a fan in Australia, I was like, I need more of this. I want more of this. Just all the time, bring more, more, more. Then you go to somewhere like Papua New Guinea, where when there are games played in Papua New Guinea with Australia or England played last year in Papua New Guinea, that atmosphere is its own different thing. It's, you know, and I think sometimes rugby league fans, they sort of think that rugby league is this one thing. It's a homogenized experience, and it's not. It is different things to different people in different parts of the world. And we've got to embrace that and not get scared of it. We've got to say, you can't say rugby league is the greatest game in the world and then say, oh, yeah, but it's not going to work here, there, and that. If it's the greatest game in the world, it'll work on bloody Mars if you give it a shot, you know? And I think that most fans honestly think it's the greatest game in the world, but why do they have that negative attitude? I don't get it. And I've, I've, I've always been one. Expansion, expansion, expansion. We're going to expand this game because the more people that see it, the yeah. more people we get following it. Yeah, and the thing is, like like NFL fans, they, they will say NFL is American football is the best sport in the world. And guess what they're doing? They have games in London. Why do they do that? Yes, it's only you know one game per week for like, I think it's four in total. Mm-hmm. I know the number of games is different, but the point is... They are doing something different to grow the sport in a new market, which is a European market, because it's easy for someone from France, Germany or Belgium to go to London to watch the NFL than going to America. Mm-hmm. So the Americans are like NFL is the best sport in the world. The, the leaders think, yes, NFL is the best sport. How do we grow it? What do we do? Do you know what? We'll have five games in one of the biggest cities in the world obviously started with one or two initially and it just grew in popularity. Now it's a regular fixture. So other sports are seeing the, the positives of trying something out in a new market and it's working and they're all saying their sport is better, but yet this particular sport, they think it's better, but they don't want to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, England, and like England, you, I was going to say, England doesn't mind expanding. They just don't like supporting the expansion once it gets up and running. We've seen it yeah. even just with other sides from around um, Great Britain. How many Wales teams have come and gone over the last decade and a half? Yeah, you look at the Jeez. you look at the London Broncos. I mean, they were owned by Richard Branson. You know, they they started attracting very good players to the club. And there's just no backbone in the leadership in the game over there to say, we're sticking it out. We're going to make sure it works. You know, yeah. it, it's 
extraordinary. At least I've got the Panthers to cheer for this year. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> you I know, admit, I wonder why they're doing so well. <laughs> well, yeah, well, uh, you know, Andrew, we were talking before the podcast and Sandy was saying, why do you think they're going so well? I think she's the good luck charm for the Panthers, eh? <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's probably because of the West Tigers coach you, you, um, you picked up. How dare you? And that, yeah, and that, that West Tigers halfback no we almost had. Yeah, I had no idea in terms of the history of the Panthers. When I picked them, I literally, like I said, I picked it because of the very superficial reasons of they're, they've got a black thing that I could wear and, you know, the logo's quite cool, etc. So it was pretty cool that I picked a team that seems to be doing really well, you know, so it's yeah. quite nice to see for them. The good yeah, thing about Penrith's history so, is there's not much you need to worry about. So the first 20 years, nothing happened. They were, they were, to say they were bad is an understatement. They were <laughs> terrible. Yeah, they were called the chocolate soldiers because they melted under pressure all the time. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, and, and, our, and our, they wore our colours were brown and white, by the way. <laughs> What's that? Our colours were brown and white from, because we got, got into the comp in 1967, right? Mm. And we wore brown and white jerseys until 1991. Yeah. Yeah. And the year they changed the colour was the year they won the premiership. Uh, 25 years in, they got to their uh, got a, won a premiership. And then, well, there was a bit of a, a tragedy happened, which we won't go into. There's nothing major. But uh, um, that sort of separated the playing group in 92 and they sort of fell apart a bit and wasn't until after Super League they managed to get back on their feet and had a glorious year in, was it 2003? 2003. We, we basically, in 2001, we were the worst team in the competition, right? But we started bringing in through like a handful of really good young players all at once. And then in 2002, not great. 2003, we won the premiership. Uh, and then 2004, we we lost in a semi-final to the team that ended up winning the competition. And from there, we slowly started to decline for about five or six years. And then we had a major restructure of the club from top to bottom and have been building up to basically this year for since then. Um, so it's a really good time for you to start supporting them. Well, yeah, it's. Um, I just wish that they like last week. They didn't leave it to last minute to kind of secure the win because I've. It's been a long time since I've felt that stressed. <laughs> I'm thinking, please don't let us like because obviously the win got us to the top, and I'm thinking I don't want the eels on top. Please win this game. <laughs> please, like hold on, hold on. It was. Um, yeah, it was. It was hard to watch the last. Um, so if somebody can have a word with them and just make it a bit of an easier win, that'd be much appreciated. It would be nice. I think well, that we're going to – I think who are we playing this weekend? I put my tips in and I can't remember who we're playing. You just want uh, just, just to win. I think you yeah. – mate, it's, it's, a, it's a clash. The clash of all clashes this week because it's the best team in Sydney since the comp restarted <laughs> versus the best team in Queensland. Oh, the Titans, eh? The Titans versus Penrith. Yeah, it's an absolute ball terror. But it's um, it I'm starting to get to know some of the players. I'm taking a long time, as you can see, (laughs) taking forever. But one player that re and I I don't know why. For me, I'm one of those rugby fans that 
I don't look at the technical side. I just, I, I, I view players based on how it kind of like make me feel when they're watching. Like they just, I just love how they play as an overall. And one player that always grabs my attention is Stephen Crichton. Crichton, yeah. Crichton, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I didn't realize he's pretty good at what, what he does. Mm. I just liked what, how he plays. I just love watching him play. Um, and, and it was like, what about the others? I'm like, I know there's a, you know, the big names and so on, but mm-hmm. there's something about how he plays that just, yeah. whenever he gets the ball, I get really excited to see what he's going to do next. Yeah. He's got, he's got a really smooth run and style, which is like when he gets the ball and he gets going, it's like, oh, this, there's something on here and he's only young. He's a really young player. But he's got a really good frame on him. And when he, I mean, he's going to fill out in the next couple of years. He could end up being one of the top centers in the game because he's already a powerful ball runner as it is. But he really is. He's a strike weapon and he's just needed the opportunity in first grade and a few games under his belt. And he's off and away. It's great. Yeah, it's actually... the, uh... As I say, it's, it's given me an idea here, and that is mm. we should come up with a few um, players. Who Sandy could try and look, you know, look at YouTube videos of. Oh, yeah. She could use that to promote rugby league to other people. Because obviously, the first thing that comes to to my mind is Benji Marshall highlights. Yeah, Benji Marshall, um, Matt Bowen. Oh, yeah, like Matt, Matt Bowen. Bowen highlights are ridiculous. Do you remember um, Barry Sanders? Me? Yeah. Do you remember Barry oh, yeah, Sanders? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Matt Bowen reminds me a lot of Barry Sanders. He's a he was a shorter player. A very yeah. good footwork. He, he had a bit of a running style. You know how Barry Sanders, sort when he ran, he sort of stayed low to the ground. Matt yes. Bowen does that a little bit too. Uh-huh. But obviously, Matty Bowen's got like he had this ridiculous kicking game and passing game. Um, yeah. I think you'd love Matt Bowen highlights. Benji Marshall's highlights are just, it's like watching a magician. It's ridiculous, some of the stuff he was doing, especially when he was a teenager. And, and yeah, no one has come close to doing his stuff since. That's yeah. how crazy it was. Well, I mean, there, there there's some players that it's just so hard to replicate. The thing is, the game's so much faster as well, which is interesting because I sometimes wonder how would some players, even five years ago, if they were on their top game mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. how how would they react? It's like in baseball. There's some baseball players who are legendary in the game mm-hmm. that you just wonder, even when they were at the top, level of fitness and uh, of their career how they would cope in the modern day of sport because it's all about numbers and data and you know they they overanalyze sports from a a, i guess a physical sporting aspect that it reflects on the training Mm -hmm. um and i really like that side i do like the like you know like moneyball you know it's all about the numbers and the numbers um even though i'm not a technical um, person when it comes to rugby league in terms of what players do technically you know the rules etc there are some parts of sport in general that I do like and, and the data behind how they determine a, a fitness regime for a player or how they monitor the, the how far they run and I, I like that side of things because being an auditor it's all about numbers and, and what you do with it um, but one player that people are surprised that I've not really um picked to talk about is nathan yeah you know yeah. because he's a big name in the team people are surprised like it's not necessarily about 
who they are, but what I get out of, out of it when they play. It mm -hmm. really is for me about the heart, you know, what I get out of it. You know, there are plays in the Wolfpack that, you know, they might be the, the, the biggest try scorer, but they're not the ones that I'm attracted to from a, a playing point of view, you know, or, you know, I like partnerships. So, it, so it's, it's for me, it's about what they give me as a fan in terms of watching the game and not, because I'll tell you, if someone says to me, Sandy, who scored, who in Toronto have scored 20 tries or something, I wouldn't even have a clue. <laughs> or if someone says, who's the most longstanding player, do you know what? I don't care. Because yeah. for me, it's not about these numbers that, it's like um, one of the um, documentaries on TV. It's not about how many trophies you win or what you do in terms of winning awards. It's the impact of what you are as a player or a coach. Mm -hmm. It was a documentary on the Leeds United. Um, I know there's football, but they did a documentary on the coach, on their coach. Um, and um, one of them said, Yes, he's not won a lot of trophies or a lot of, you know, grand, you know, uh, awards and whatever, but he's one of the most respected coaches because of the impact, the lasting impact he's had on the sport. And for me, those are the players that attract me. It's those who will have a positive impact on the sport on and off the field. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, you know, like Andy Ackers, who was in Toronto, you know, he's inspired my eldest to want to look into the world of rugby league, you know, and Ashton Sims, he, you know, he uh, grabbed the attention of Ethan, my, my youngest, and Ethan wants to be like Ashton. So it's those players who it's not about what they do on the field of how many tries they score. It's actually what they do that is after that because mm -hmm. careers end and what is the impact. So for me, um, yeah, Nathan's great, but I like, more of the emotion side of what I get from it. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And you know, it's funny. I don't know if, if Andrew will agree with this. There's, I feel like there's a point where you can get so into like me and Andrew watch pretty much every game, every weekend, there'll be very few games we miss and you can watch all of the games. You can read all the news. You can know everything that's going on and it can detract from your love of the game. And if yeah. you take a step back to a certain extent from all that, and you just get back to watching a bunch of dudes play footy, and you're like, oh, this is what I love about football. These that where, uh, a, you know, there can be a try out of nowhere or a big hit or a ridiculous pass that you don't even see the first time. You've got to see it on replay. Um, or, or a cover tackle that just you know, should never have been allowed to happen, but the player ran from the opposite side of the field to come across and stop a try being scored. And it's those things that make rugby league special. You know, it's it's those things that really get you. As you say, it's the emotional side of the game that you watch it and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe what I've just seen. And it doesn't even make sense that that was able <laughs> to happen. And, and I think that's what's the problem is that there's too much, I'm using this word, politics, Mm -hmm. involved even from a fan's perspective i think there's too much politics of their own world that is getting in the middle of them really thinking about sport of yes i know i've had crap happen to my team i've had this i've had that but actually if i look at the sport that i i call myself a fan of 
how is this going to be a negative or, you know, and like I said, I think Ottawa will be, will be great. You know, I, I really hope they succeed. You know, Eric's great. I think it can only be a positive. I think there's too much politics or people with their own agendas. And I mean, fans or whatever. And thankfully, and I want to say it's a minority, but they are allowed. Yeah, they are. That's the problem. They're, they're they are particularly loud. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's very easy to be drowned out by them. And look, it used to be worse. I'll be honest with you. You go back 15 years ago and it was way, way worse. Um, it's changing. Attitudes are changing, but it's it's too slowly. And it's up to people that really believe in the game because that's what it comes yeah. down to. It's about believing in the game. They need to step up and be heard and let Super League clubs and the Rugby Football League know yeah. that they want it saved. They want you want the you want all of the team saved if they need saved, you know. But what doesn't help though, like I had this meeting today with a copywriter, um, and we were talking about just headlines and so on, and she said headlines with negative with a negative tone outsell any positive stories. You know, you you might get if you have ten stories, eighty of those if there's a negative, they will sell. They will be the ones that people click on. You know, because people like to read negative stuff because it makes sometimes them feel better, mm-hmm. and it doesn't help that there's a lot of reporters and journalists out there that just focus on negative because that's what gives them the clicks. That's what gives them the the, the readers. You know, people don't want to read about success. I sometimes feel. You know, and if that's what makes you get more money, you will keep on writing about negative stuff about any team. And it's like, why aren't people, you know, just thinking, you know what? I love the sport. Let's try to think about positive stuff because positive will bring future investors. You know, people say why I should be in Super League or whatever. But if your team are, you know, don't do your own cleanups in your own you know in your own fan base you know i sometimes i'm shocked at, at the language that comes out of some of these stadiums yeah i mean i've got kids and they're and and some of the language that comes out and yes again i know it's a small minority but it's the small minorities that are very loud and and you and you remember them yeah and um and i just wish that instead of bashing people more and making them feel even more awful because we've not had the best news this week why don't we turn it around say do you you know what yes it's not been great but look at what they've done you know i'm not saying we're perfect and i'm not saying any team is perfect but what i'm just saying is it's just a sad state of affair that negativity in in the headlines is what sells now I've got a question for you because when when me and Andrew heard this news come through the other day, we were shocked. And like we did a, a emergency podcast about it and it went for about 15 minutes. And afterwards, we pretty much sat here for nearly an hour just sort of shaking our heads and talking about how sad we were about the news. Um, do you think that it would be best for the Wolfpack at this stage? They're, they're out this season. Do you think it might be a good idea for them to decide to take a step back to the championship level and look to consolidate what they've got back in Toronto. And and do you think that the fan base in Toronto, if they went back there and said, we're back in the championship, we want to give you this game day experience, it's going to be what you're used to. There's not going to be anything that they're not used to that they're going to be getting. 
you know, it's it's what they're used to in the championship. Do you think that the fan base would respond to that positively? The fan base are very strong. You know, people don't appreciate um, how strong Wolfpack fans are in terms of loyalty. And it's not loyalty that, you know, even we don't acknowledge the wrong. You know, we do acknowledge things that weren't perfect, but the fans aren't going to go anywhere. I'll, you know, obviously there might be a trickle that goes, but at the end of the day, we just want to watch great sports. And, um, and, and yes, that's what we want. So that the fans have got no question. They will stay. They will stick around. Um, and like I said, we are very passionate about the sports and the team. You know, we're new fans, but it doesn't mean we're less passionate. Um, yeah. We just choose to be a bit more optimistic in, in our approach to support the, the, the sports. In terms of whether they go down to championship, Personally, my view is I think we should stay in Super League. Um, whether there's a penalty or something, fine. But I think the city needs that level of, um, of, of sportsmanship. You know, they need that level of, of sports competition. Um, and then you've got to ask the question is, would it be fair on championship teams if it ends up being like it was in 2019? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things to answer. I think it'd be easier for sponsorship to um, to get when you have teams like Leeds, etc., coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, we, we we love our sport, but if we want to get more fans into the game, having runaway wins isn't going to sustain. It's not going to be sustainable growth that way. Yeah. At some at you some know, point people- like that that. Um, Oh, just celebration. We smashed them against it. At some point, it starts getting old. Yes, it does. And, and, and you know, yes, we celebrate, but it's not a nice feeling. You know what mm. I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's not a, a nice feeling. Um, so I definitely know that from a commercial point of view, we are better off. And, and for, for the sport, we are better off to be in Super League. You know, the biggest attendance on TV in terms of viewings from Sky Obviously, apart from the grand final and the Challenge Cup final, the third game was the million pound game. Mm-hmm. You know, we provide a lot of interest from around the world. Mm-hmm. And I think we add, we can provide more, we can give more to the sports if we, are, if we do stay in, in, in Super League. But like I said, if there's, you know, I think that it'd be nice to, to know that people understand we are in very very different circumstances this is not 2018 this is not 2017 this is something that's affected the whole world you know even some big corporations are struggling and people are shocked because they're supposed to be this multi-million pound company and actually everybody is suffering so i hope that whoever is going to decide this actually puts their business head in and says you know what i can understand yes you know, we, we, we couldn't get, you know, how many teams, now you two can tell me, how many Super League teams do you think would survive without any government support? Oh, none of them. None of them. I, I think even I think even the big clubs, that, and there's only three big clubs now, I think that if they weren't getting a central support, I think if they weren't able to, to do some of the things they've been able to do, um, yeah, I, I, I can see... I think that the way that Super League runs and the finances of clubs and stuff, they're all very close at the best of times. 
And right now, I mean, there's some of the figures we've been hearing. That, uh, Andrew was talking about the the chairman for Huddersfield and how much money he's pouring into the Huddersfield Giants and they're not playing games. And he's still pouring all this money in just to keep them float. I, I think yeah. that it would take nothing for most of them to fall over. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite new to, to the sport, so I don't, like, for example, know exactly how the RFL or Super League work or they operate, or, or and I, I'm not gonna, you know, start having a view on what they did before I started following rugby league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you me, don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Will that age me? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm trying to keep looking no. young, and I'm trying. No, 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 no. <laughs> it won't age you. You just listen. You'll just hear it, and you'll go. Huh? Yeah, you'll be you'll be like, nah, that's not true. Surely they weren't uh, that stupid. <laughs> I can me, tell I can tell you the peak of the worst they did, and that was instead of getting um, naming rights to the competition one year, you know, for money in return, they decided to just have Super League classes on the side of trucks for free. Right. That's yeah. a very odd business decision to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That silence was apt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 it, yeah, so for me I just like I said the world is in in a very very unique time, you know, and I just think why not why not stick together? You know, nobody, I mean no rugby league team in no division is winning from this. No. You know the Rhinos are going to be losing what 1.8 million in 18 or 3 million in 18 months or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, no team is coming out of this as a winner. Absolutely none. This is a problem you, though, you, you do get with the promotion and relegation system, though, is that it is literally every team for itself. Like in the NRL, we don't have that. So when okay. it comes to coming to ideas to try and make more money for the game, everyone gets involved to try and make sure that happens because everyone benefits. That's not going to happen in the Super League because every team, except for three of them, are at risk of not being in Super League at the end of the year. So they're not going to go and do some work altogether when it might actually only benefit teams other than themselves at the end of the year. So it's all very narrow-minded and insular. You know, we just got to look after ourselves and just ask for no one else. And if everyone, else, someone else fails, that's one less threat for us. And that's the way the that's the mindset of the fans of the league yeah. of the teams, and it's been going on for decades, centuries. The one, the, one, the one thing I ask myself is, I don't really know what anybody wants. You know, it's you, you got one group of people who want to be known as, you know, the top rugby league, you know, competition or whatever. And then I, I, I'm just so confused how the divisions work. You know, there'll, there'll be teams in championship who will never come up. That's not what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, um, can they just not, in, in my view, I'm just thinking out loud, can they not increase Super League by, say, 14 teams or something and not have relegation because those 14 teams can cope with it and the championship become a feeder system or, you know, for player development or, you know, they just compete in their own division and everyone's happy, you know. It, it's whether other teams have got that ambition that they want to put in the infrastructure and be in Super League and just not have that relegation. I mean, North America don't have that either. So, um, you know, it, 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 I'm just trying to figure out, is there a plan, you know, is is what we're looking at at the moment just been a mishmash of, 
of different ideas that people come together and it doesn't make any sense. Yes, yes. it is. It is. <laughs> and it's it's amazing to hear you come from a, from a new point of view and without any baggage from the past saying things that I know me and Andrew bring up all the time and I've heard a lot of people say like you stop relegation. What what if we stop relegation, say to the teams in the championship, we want you to get good enough to be Super League clubs, but we want you to organically grow to that level so that when you we expand Super League to bring you in, and when that happens, you're a strong club in Super League, let alone a strong club in the championship, and you still get negative people that will be like, nah, that's not the way you well, do it. That's not the way you do it. It's really weird. Well, I had one person message me. Clearly, I blocked that person who said, get the effing out of our competition. You think you can bring in your money and, and buy your plays. Well, by the way, when you actually have Canadian players, then then we can talk. And I'm thinking, so you think this person thinks that somebody can just get a magic wand and create players that are at a level that can play in Super League. Clearly, that that is what can be done somewhere. I just don't know this magician. So if you two know somebody who who we can contact, who are in Canada, who can just come up with these players, please let me know. Don't don't keep it to yourself. I love the fact that someone from a country who has Blake Austin and, and all these other Australians as, yeah. as Englishmen are trying to be your high and mighty saying, oh, come back to me when you've got Canadians playing rugby league. They haven't even got Englishmen in the English team. Yeah, I, I like I like the way that it's a, they're, they're trying to slag you off by saying like, oh, we, your team with all its money, you know, why don't you come back when you're broke like us? <laughs> Stop coming to us with all your success. Yeah. They've only just, been around for 130 years and they yeah. still can't have the same amount of money that a team that's been around for four years has already got. Yeah, it's crazy. I just, I just, you know, it's it's been a tough week. You know, no Wolfpack fan will tell you it's been an emotional roller coaster this week. You know, um, because we are we we talk from the hearts. You know, we really do love the team and the sports. And I guess it's it's hard when people really try their best to just grind you down even more. And I know it's social media and a lot of us just try to ignore it. But sometimes when you see unfairness in some of the comments, you know, people are being affected by this, you know, you know, and, you know, staff in Toronto and so on. And I think sometimes people forget the humanity in stuff they say, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, my eldest is starting to go on social media and the only reason I don't reply is that I don't want him to see me getting involved in some of this negativity that is pretty pretty nasty sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard because you know what they're saying is not true and you can prove it that it's not true, but you don't want to get involved in those conversations because I don't feel like I'd be leading a good example because I don't want my kids to, you know, know that that is acceptable. Because some most of people, it is not most acceptable. People, most people don't want facts though they just want to argue oh yeah man i've given some facts and my god even they told me i I was like i'm sure this fact is a hundred percent correct because i've seen it myself and yet you're telling me i'm wrong okay that's 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 great (laughs) i clearly was pretty drunk that day when i when i um when i saw what i saw with my own eyes you can't you can't educate an idiot that doesn't want to learn and that's the thing that's one thing i've noticed over this week 
And I kind of noticed before, and I think we kind of all do it in in our day to day, is that we only follow people who have got the similar um, views to us because we we all, whether it's a political thing or it's a music thing, whatever it is, we, we want to talk to people who are like-minded with us. But the thing is with social media, you can't stop them from commenting on your posts until they do, and then you can block them. So yeah. I, so for me, it's it's I think people just, whether they do it to make themselves feel good because they, you know, it gives them some sort of, oh, I've got one on you or something. But in general, you know, I think people will follow people who agree with their views yeah and you you create your own echo chamber and it's it can be a a negative thing because as you say you're just talking amongst yourselves about the same thing and that's why it's always important to to check out what others are saying you know and and you do you see groups of supporter bases that like when you look into their supporter base and it's all it's chaos or they're all really nasty or something and you're like what is wrong with these people you know it's it's yeah. weird when you see it from a distance and um and you got to wonder what is the like I can't imagine being part of a supporter base where you're just sniping every, everyone else the whole time like I would just be miserable the whole time it'd be really well, weird. I'm- I must give a call, a shout out to my friend Nicholas. He is probably the most patient Canadian I have ever. Even I'm patient, but he is. He <laughs> probably has read the entire rule book. Yeah, and I'm sure he can quote you like chapter sixteen or something. <laughs> and he, I feel, is like a rugby league lawyer or something because the amount of debating he has done and he's quoted clauses and stuff i'm like nicholas you're clearly a teacher i can see that you can't you even bring it into rugby league but yeah he he, he definitely has and and they're like nicholas go to sleep you're still <laughs> responding to people <laughs> you know and um but that's the thing it's about facts and i will you know fans do accept things haven't been perfect with toronto but we don't accept some of the views that are against us without having a basis for it. And like I said, those who go to Lamport or have been to Lamport, they are the ones who I matter and I listen to because they know exactly what Lamport is the start of. Because it is. Lamport Stadium is the start of something. And it could be huge. Yeah, I agree. You know, what I hear a lot as well is people saying, we need to asp- we need to get more kids into the game. We need to get more kids into the game. Yeah, that's okay. But don't you think that, because I have also, I'm raising my kids here in England, to say to my kids, look, imagine you can be a rugby league player where you're playing in cities like New York, mm. where, yes, you might be a, a Warrington fan, a player, but you're going to go to New York for a game. Oh, you're going to go to Toronto for a game. You know, those are the exciting things that could inspire new kids even in the uk to actually want to play mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to say and you know don't hate me you know people from smaller towns i'm not saying you don't belong in the competition but what i'm saying is everyone's so desperate to bring some new blood into in, into the game you know it's the new generation but yet 
things we're in a modern day we like big things glamorous things you know that's what that's you know we're very you know uh, 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 a we, we like big posh things or whatever and to say to a kid who's 10 if you are a professional rugby league player imagine playing in some of these amazing players why do you think people are going to australia yeah to say like- oh i want to play in australia is exotic Exactly. And like, I, I know you don't think this, Sandy, but I'll say this. If you're a rugby league player in Huddersfield and you play well enough, you can get the hell out of Huddersfield forever. I mean, that's an incentive in itself. We can, we can go to yes. uh, go to Leeds. No, nah, not Leeds. You'd, you'd want to go to... You'd want to go to... I'd go to, you, I'd go to Toronto. But do you see what I mean, though? It's not just about growing a new generation of players in, in Canada. Yeah. It's not just about Canada or growing new players in Ottawa or New York. It's also the opportunities you can provide to your own British players who, do you know what? If they can play for Warrington or Huddersfield or Wakefield and three times a year you're going to North America for a game, you don't need to leave Wakefield or Huddersfield or Warrington to go and play in some amazing places. You know, you need to attract people to stay. You need to attract your own players to stay in the UK. Yeah, and and one way of doing that is to, keep, is to keep these big teams, these North American teams, within your competition. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, look, just, that's the dream for everybody. I know for me, like my, if somebody said, where would you love to see rugby league in 50 years' time? I'd be, and I, I focus on the NRL in, in particular, right? I would say... I would love to see the Panthers next week going and playing in Honolulu and then the following week they go to play against LA and then they come back and they play at Penrith Footy Stadium and then they might go to Campbelltown the following week and play the Tigers and then they're off to Toronto to play the Wolfpack. Like, that's what you want as the ultimate goal, that you have these additional expansion clubs and they work with the traditional clubs though. And you've got the great mix and you've got the ability that, as you say, you you can play for your local team still. That's still a beautiful thing, but you, that, that local team is going all over the world and playing in a great world style competition where, you know, there's no end to the possibilities of where rugby league can be. And like I said, the NFL, you know, fans don't you know they love the idea that for one game that season if it's their team being picked they can go to london mm. you know it's pretty cool you know it's it, the, the world is so small but it seems that the negativity towards expansion is making the world wider mm-hmm. you know and yeah. there's no need for that and like i said i've got two boys one who's six and one who's 14 and you know, you just want them to, to, to follow their dreams. You just want them to, uh, or women's for, for that matter, but you just want them to, to, to look up to something that is, is, looks, looks difficult or impossible, but it's an ambition. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so proud of what the Canada Rugby League team are going to do. We've got a women's playing in the World Cup next year, the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having people at the Wolfpack within Toronto – it has helped raise the awareness of the sport. You know, my friend Jenny, um, Jennifer, she played in Serbia last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wouldn't have thought of that before, but the Wolfpack have given her a passion for the sport where now she was playing in Serbia last year. Yeah. And to see the, the Canadian Rugby League team, the, fe- the ladies, right, 
they're going to be in in the UK based in Leeds. You can imagine how excited I was. I'm like, oh my God, I might do a house party with them or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? It, and, and these are, this is, it's all building blocks like Lego, one Lego brick at a time. You know, let's, let's, you know, some Lego bricks will be bigger because they're bigger projects and some will take time. So you, you build one little block at a time, but it takes time. You know, a lot of these clubs, have 50, 100 years to build to where they are. We don't, ha- we live in such a faster world now. We don't have 100 years. So, yes, we're going to trip up. But if you don't have the ambition and if you don't have the dream, if you don't have the fire in your belly to look at something that is different and positive, nothing will ever succeed. No one will ever succeed. Do you think? brands you know some of these big entrepreneurs do you think they sat on the sofa thinking do you know what i'll just be happy having a, a vacuum shop you know in in, <laughs> in in my local no they don't they think of the impossible look at the apple phone you know <laughs> he had a dream a vision that people called said what the hell are you talking about a smartphone a phone with no buttons what is this all about you know a phone that is your actual computer now you know people criticize the idea of such a weird thing like that but he had the vision and the passion for what was possible. And I do believe David has that. And you cannot deny that. If you hear him speak, he wanted to grow because he knows he loves rugby league, you know. And if you have a visionary like that in a, a sport or an industry, why make it difficult? Yeah. I mean, God, I wish I had that creativity or that vision to be able to do something like that. Cause then I would benefit more from it. But yeah, it's, yeah, I just, I wish there was more support for visionaries and, you know, people who really truly have got good intentions for anything, you know, and yeah. obviously we're talking about rugby league and instead of bringing it down is saying, how can I help? Yeah. I might be a small team, but I want to contribute because I want the new generation of kids who are growing up, to see that nothing is impossible. Yeah, yeah, and and look, hopefully, hopefully the the Super League clubs they realise that they need to do something to support Toronto to stay in Super League, not just for Toronto's benefit, for, but for the sports benefit and for their own benefit long term. Because um, to lose Toronto would be uh, it'd be one of the most tragic things I've seen happen at the game of rugby league in my lifetime. So, and I think something good is going to happen. I really do think that it's it's too obvious an opportunity to let slip. So, let's hope that the powers that be think the same way. Um, yeah. Let's. Who's going to win what? this weekend? Who's going to win this weekend? Shall I ask? Panthers. Look, our team plays the last game of the round again. Yeah, yeah. Andrew's team just played. In, in the Tigers? Well, they yeah. played for 20 minutes. It was a good 20 minutes. It was a good 20 minutes. Yeah, I was very impressive 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't know why games go for 80 minutes anymore. I think that's something that needs to change. <laughs> Did you see that picture I posted about that gift I got from that Australian fan? Oh, the, 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 the um, jersey. The jersey. jersey. Yeah, good. I thought it was really nice. I thought, oh, my God, it's, almost, it's such a nice, um, like, a warm gift to to the Panther family. I thought that was pretty cool. It's very big, and it's got autographs. The whole team had autographed it last year. Oh, nice. So I think I'm going to frame it because I think it's 
it's it'd be hard to wear it because I'd want to have it in my I've got a lot of um um jerseys like yeah. authentic jerseys in my house yeah um so I might just add that to my collection oh nice yeah get it framed and like it jersey sizing is so weird it's like buying a jersey online is almost impossible you've got to kind of try them on but um like yeah, at least at least you've got like a base level that you can see that's what that sizing is and hopefully you can get one that fits you better that you can maybe just wear around because it hasn't got, like when something's got the, the signatures on, you don't want to sort of ruin the signatures, yeah. you know what I mean? I had to put it on. I just had to. Just to say, oh, oh yeah. I've finally got a jersey. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Yes. If the Panthers win yes. the whole thing. Yes. Because I only found out last year that an Australian team plays against the, the British Grand Final team. Yeah. Every, is it every year? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, do they flip? Do they change pl- places? So, would if for this season, would the British go to Australia, or do they always come here? They they most of the time they go to England. What normally happens is <clears throat> the Australian team goes to England. And they'll win it, they'll win it, they'll win it. And then there's an English team that plays really well for whatever season. And they say, oh, we're going to go to Australia and we're going to try and take on Australia, the Australian team in Australia. And they come to Australia and get absolutely flogged. And then they say, let's just play them in England for the next five years. But it's it's not really planned that way. It just sort of happens right. that way, if it makes sense. But, that, but can you imagine they win mm-hmm. and they come to England mm-hmm. I'll be to actually be able to watch my first official game. That would be awesome. Since, since my cardboard cutout never made it, I'm a bit yeah. disappointed. Yeah. I, I'm, I think uh, someone so left you, me outside. Someone left needed, me outside and I couldn't get my ticket. <laughs> you, you needed to be wearing five watches in your picture. <laughs> That's how you get your picture up there. Ah, I, I went wrong. Well, I expected somebody to tell me how to get in, but no one clearly knew how to get me in. That would have been funny though. But it was great. The crowd looked like it was. They had a, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was actually more people than I thought they'd let into the game. Um, but yeah, it was. I was thinking when I was watching it, it must be nice for the players to have at least somebody in the stands rather than playing in front of no yeah. one. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be good fun when you're you're there in your Panthers jersey and you're watching the Panthers absolutely flog the shit out of an English club. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Who would you like uh, to see them smash, by the way? I think you're allowed to say. Um, I think I would like to see them play. And obviously, I'm by me saying this, I'm assuming they're going to win. Yeah. But, if, but I'll put a disclaimer. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just would like to see them play um, is um, St. Helens. Um, that's a given, though. I mean, St. Helens loses to everyone that's Australian. <laughs> but, but then again, I think the Rhinos would be an interesting one. Well, they've, they've been a little bit more competitive and had a bit more success. I'd rather the Rhinos there. At least, you, at least there's a part of you that goes, hmm, maybe they'll be competitive. Well, well the Rhinos, are, I mean, they've 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 obviously been rebuilding um, from last. From obviously, last year wasn't great, and 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 so on. So I think. And, and having met, because last year I was very lucky. I I was um, invited to be part of one of their training sessions, so I actually got to do some rugby, actual rugby. Oh, nice! Um, I've never. <laughs> I love to watch sport. I don't play it. So it was. Um, so we had. Um, 
so we watched them train for a little bit and then we got to um be in groups of like 10 and it was like six stations and each station had like three rhinos players and we all got to do different things for like 10 minutes or something in each station um so i i kicked my first ball literally i had no idea how to do everything so at one point i had to try to catch i remember one of the players was trying to like throw kick the ball to me and i had to catch it and i was like oh my god where do i it was just because i had long nails so i was just trying to catch these rugby balls with very long nails it was just like oh my god my son loved it my eldest loved it but it just you just don't get that in North America. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. for me, it might be a normal thing that happens here in the UK. But for me, I just really embraced the special, unique thing. that, And that, that's what I mean. There's so much going for rugby league. I mean, there's so much going for it. Um, it's so different, but in a positive way as well. And I just wish people would just chill out a little bit and relax a little bit and just enjoy the ride. Yeah. I agree 100%. It's, and it's just to have fun with games. I think sometimes people forget that we're doing this for fun. Everyone's doing it for fun. Have some fun with it. And I know I know me and Andrew are big on that. And, and I, I do. I wish more people just had a bit of a laugh about the game. And, you know, you you lose a game. It's not the end of the world. There's always next week. You win Is it, it not? You... Is it not? Well, yeah. It's, it's not. Well, it's not for us because we win all the games. I see any... So if the Panthers win, you're, you two are going to be coming here, aren't you? Uh, like start saving up, yeah? yeah if, if, <laughs> I don't know if we'll be allowed out of our state. So I think Andrew's going to be locked in Victoria for like the next 10 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm booking my holiday to the border. <laughs> yeah, just, and I'm hoping to get there by the time I get to retirement age. That gives me a few decades. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I mean, people laugh. You know, people sometimes wonder, like, why do you bring donuts to the games? Why? Do, I'm like, do you know what? Because I'm trying to have fun. It's so, you know, you know, how many people go to a game and they bring donuts and they speak to rugby league fans and go, "Would you like a, a Timbit? Would you like a?" Like looking at me, going, "Why?" I'm like, "Because I thought, you know, why not? You know, it's, you know, it's, it's weird things, but who cares? I mean." A Wigan fan bought me a pie because they found that I was <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, so I was doing at the start of the the season. I decided to do a pie tour, so I was going to try a pie at every Super League ground, and um, and I was rating them on Twitter. Um, obviously, rating filling and you know very scientific, very serious, mm-hmm. you know analysis. Money ball for pies. pies. Yeah, and <laughs> and. When I went to Warrington, they were very friendly. They bought me a pie. Someone found out at the game that I was going to buy a pie. She said, no, I'm going to buy you one. And then when we went to the Wigan game, um, I was I rang them up to, to order my tickets. And um, somebody said, oh, are you the lady on Twitter who's trying pies? I'm like, yes. I'm like, um, says, well, I'm going to buy you a pie. What pie would you like? Would you like it with, would you like a, a Wigan kebab or would you like just a pie? And I'm thinking the Wigan kebab sounds scary. So I'll just go for the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says, would you like some mint balls? And I'm like, uh, what? Like, I'm thinking that does it go with the pie or something? Like, is that, so I ended up getting a free pie at Wigan, which was very nice. But I also got a big box of 
the Joe's mints or something. And I'm in a huge box. I'll take a picture of it later. And wow, it blows your mind, those mint balls. Definitely my mind is going, Phew. it's very, very strong. But yeah, so some fans have been friendly yeah. and they, they love my um, pie analysis. It's mm-hmm. clear, it is actually, of all the tweets I've done, my pie review in Salford reached something like 75,000. What? <laughs> That's hilarious. And I said, Jeez. I found the solution to every rugby league argument that ever happens. <laughs> Give them a pie. They all seem to like pies. So I think I found the solution to disputing things in rugby league. Just get yeah. pies. But yeah, I, t- I couldn't believe it. It was just... I tell you what, it, it makes a lot of sense when you see the people that run the rugby football league. They're eating a lot of pies and sorting a lot of stuff out. <laughs> but yeah, it was... You know what? And, and those are the things that I love about the sports. You know, and... Those are the fans that give me a good feeling about the sports. Yeah. You know, I, I've been in the beginning, I must admit, when I started following the sport and, and reading a lot of negativity, it really upset me because as a new person, I couldn't understand the hate. I couldn't understand the negativity. And this is like two years ago. And like I said, people start changing their minds once they've experienced stuff. But what I always remember, whether Toronto are here or not, I will always embrace those moments where it was pure fun because that's what sports meant to be. It's meant to be fun. And I just wished more people would remember why they love rugby league. I'm sure they didn't wake up one morning and decide to hate something or hate somebody. You know, at one point they love the sports for what it is, for the product, for what happens on the field, you know, and, 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 and somehow got lost in it. And I think a lot of fans, and there are in other sports as well, but I think people just got lost in the moment of drama yeah, and kind of forgot why they follow the sport. Because I'm telling you, if I start, I stopped following F1 because it was really getting me angry. I was getting really annoyed with Schumacher. And, uh, and I stopped watching it, and I still don't watch it because it. I was spending more time getting angry at the TV. Mm-hmm. Then actually enjoying watching it. Yeah. That's the only reason why you watch F1, though, is to get angry. <laughs> I love watching F1. Oh, yeah, so okay. I... yeah, you know what? I'm in the mood to get pissed off at something. I put the F1 on and you think, Hamilton wins again. The moment Schumacher tried to cut off Villeneuve, that's it. That was it. It was, oh. I think it was, 1995, it was 1995, I think it was. 1994. No, no, 97. Hooray. I can't remember, but yeah. I, I know it was in the 90s, and yeah. I was in Portugal. I, I watched that game in Portugal, and I was like, you bloody beep. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so angry. I'm like, that's it. No more Formula One. I've had enough. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just – and... swerved into him. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's – yeah, so I just – I would just love to see more actual love for the sports. Yeah. For what it is, you know, and forget about the dramas. You know, yes, you know, like for example, giving the Blue Jays at the moment, we don't have a place to play at the moment, and yet our season starts well this weekend. Yeah, and and it wasn't the place that they there was a place where they'd sorted it Pittsburgh. all out, and then the mayor said they couldn't play there or something. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so Crazy. as you can see, not everyone gets it right in yeah. other sports. But you don't see the abuse. 
as yeah. most, you know, if you look through the thread, it's more of like banter, annoyance, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's just a different reaction. If that had happened here, I think people would have completely lost their, the, they would just attack Twitter. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's going to finish tomorrow. And again, yes, there, it's okay to tell people how you feel and so on, but let it go. And no, I'm not going to sing Frozen, let it go. <laughs> but well, just, damn. <laughs> I am not a singer. Ask anybody who knows me. Even well, after there's only one videos. way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe when I'm in... A, the only place I actually sing is in a concert because no one can actually hear me. And I can sing as much as I want and it won't affect anybody. I've, so, sung, ha- I- I've sung Happy <laughs> Birthday a couple of times on the podcast, but that's about it. <laughs> we, we can guarantee you we have absolutely no listeners, so you can start singing if you like. It's fine. Yeah, no one's, no one's listening. I'm sure you've got at least five, don't you? <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't it's even listen to us. No, but honestly, for me, it's, you know, it, I just, the wish I have is that people, when all of this is finished, whatever happens, is that kind of people reflect on why they love rugby league. Why is it? Why? You know, you know life's short. And, you know, yes, we can get angry about things. And I think just move on, enjoy the sport. There are people who still want to play the sport. There are players who are driven to want to play. Embrace them, you know, cheer them on, look, you know, look after them, be positive. You know, why do you think players like to go to Canada? Because when they go, the the reaction they get is so welcoming from the players, from the from the away fans, it is just a different mindset, and but I'm I'm sure we I'm sure we've got our own idiots. It happens, you know. Every sports club in the world have got idiots, but we're just different, and I we just want to be part of what is a great sport. And I just want to tell all listeners who don't like us, we just want to be part of what is a beautiful sport in this world. You know, we just want to be part of the the um, games we just want to be part of the experience and we don't want you to take that away from us because we enjoy it just as much as you do or you know we don't love it less or more we i think we all equally love the sports but how we communicate or what we communicate is a difference yeah well that's really well said um now i think me and andrew should give you both an extraordinary thing that has happened in the game's past that you probably won't believe, but that yes. is 100% true. We'll both give you one separate one each, and then we will wrap things up, and you can tell us your, your Twitter account and everything. So yeah. have you got one in mind, Andrew, an event or a stat or something that doesn't even sound real? Uh, from just Australian rugby league history? Or? Yeah, yeah. Anything. Yeah. Anything. Can I, can I go with the most common one to most rugby league fans? Go on. No team has ever had 50 points scored against them in a year and then gone on to win the premiership. Oh, who was that? No, no team's ever done it. No oh, team's right. Done it. Yeah. So if you get 50 points scored on you, eh, you're done. That's it. Season's done. So basically, there are two teams currently. No, it was one team. Was it Sydney who got 50 on them this year. Uh, Cronulla. There was another one, I think, as well. Brisbane. Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane, yeah, Brisbane, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're not going to win them this year. Nope. 
No chance. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Because the Panthers are going to win. <laughs> exactly. We got this one wrapped up. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go in a different direction. Very, very different direction. Oh, um, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it was scary. Uh, there was a a very good player once upon a time who was he, he was towards the end of his career. He'd he'd had a pretty good career at that point. And one day he went out and started trying to stick his fingers up other players' backsides during the match. <gasps> and yes, yes. And he did it in multiple games before people sort of cottoned on to what he was doing. And they had to ban him for it. Oh, my God. You're making that up. I swear no. to God I'm not. His name's John Hopawati. And uh, it was caught on camera. Why? Uh, don't, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very I, good question. That is just weird. That's like yeah. that's that's not even like nor like I don't know. It's not nor. It's just weird. Like yeah. what? The, the, one, <laughs> the one footage of him doing it, he's lying on the ground after being tackled, and instead of fighting to get to his feet, he just puts the old finger up and sticks it in someone's back door to try and get them to get off the you know get up. I guess. And I guess that was to get a reaction, uh, which on, he not... more than well and truly got. But I'm I'm sorry, but surely the first person he did that to would have reported it because it's not something they, that happens every day. They probably <laughs> did, but I don't know if the like we didn't have video referees reporting on that sort of stuff at the time. So if the referee missed it, so what year is this? Missed... 1850s or something? <laughs> 2000 and 2003. <laughs> we, we didn't have video referees. 2003. Come on, what year are we... <laughs> 2003. Really? God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can use that one on other people now. I actually. <laughs> No, I'm going to tell other Wolfpack fans about this because oh, yeah, they'll yeah, find yeah. it funny. Yeah, but that yeah, is weird. Do, are you telling me there's more of those stories in oh, the NRL? No, the, the AFL has, has a few stories of players biting other people's oh. testicles. Ah. Yeah. Really weird. There's, there's some really good ones. There's one in rugby league where... A former player allegedly was on a, I believe it was a pre-season get-together uh, at a club function, and they were on a boat, and he got drunk, and there was a teenager that was dressed as a dolphin, and he tried to set the dolphin suit on fire, and when that didn't work, he took his thongs off and jumped overboard and swam to shore. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god! Do you know what you can do? It you can do an entire show on those weird, wonderful yeah. facts about rugby league. Yeah, I think we should get you on again and just tell you these weird facts. Right, I'll you do that, and I'll tell you some some weird things about Canada. Yeah, we'll do. Well, that's what we'll do. Facts we'll do about Canada. We'll do the um. Is that the video, Andrew? Did you that find the, the video of John Hopawati? Yeah, it's only short. I guess for about th- uh, 20 or 30 seconds. You get, have a look at that video, Sandy, right, and tell we'll us do. what you think. Yeah. Uh, right, I got it down, yeah. But yeah, I think that'd be cool. I'll come up with some interesting, funny, weird facts. It might not be about, obviously, rugby league. But it'll be about the country. Yeah. Can uh, I just ask you a question? Have you ever seen a, a bear? No. Okay, um, you've seen... uh, we, we, we've seen. Um, well, I, I live in downtown Toronto, so you don't. But you do get raccoons. Yep. A lot of raccoons. Yeah. Um, there was bit... one time. This I'm, I'm is, pretty it made certain. Me laugh. I'm pretty certain that's a little bit different to a bear. 
Yes, but yeah. it's wild <laughs> enough animal for me. I'm telling you, <laughs> me and nature aren't. But it's like you can you, you, you can you can see if you go to Quebec, you can yeah. there's um you, there's you can actually go whale watching from there. Yeah. Um, have, have, you know, you seen, a lot... have you seen an American? If I seen an American, yeah, yeah, they look wild. I've seen them on TV. They look crazy. <laughs> yes, there there are a few of them here, and I try to stay away from them. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when uh, I took my husband to Canada for the first time. Well, he had been to Canada before, but he, when he traveled, but it, we went to Toronto, and we were staying there for for the summer, and my husband opened the garbage um, box, container to put the garbage in and he opened it and this raccoon just jumped out <laughs> at him and I've never seen him scream <laughs> and he's quite they're vicious and yeah. it just jumped out I'm like how did you get in there in the first place they're so clever they just have you, have you ever seen the video of there was a, a guy and he had like a night vision camera out in his backyard and a raccoon started attacking his little dog. And so he come out and he picks up the oh, raccoon no. and Hulk no. smashed it. Oh my God. No, I'm not seeing that. It's Have incredible. You guys, uh, there's, there's a movie on Amazon. I don't know if you'd get it there, but it's called being Canadian. No, I haven't seen um, it. Try to Google it or try to find it. I'm, like I said, you can get it on Amazon um, or, Net, or, or Netflix. One of them. And it is, it's only an hour, but it's the funniest documentary about Canadians. Yeah. And um, it goes from east to west coast. And I don't think I've laughed so much in my life. And I've watched that about three times, but still very funny. And it's with normal people, but it's yeah. just uh, an interesting take on on the Canadians. And But yeah, definitely recommend watching that. But yeah, I'm, I am a city girl. You know, a lot of, there are Canadians who are into their nature and their lakes and, you know, going to the, to the cabins and so on, cottages. And I've always been a city girl. Me and nature do not get on. I've almost been, I was rescued in a helicopter when I moved to England. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, I moved to England in May and this happened in August. So it was in Scotland. So I try to stay away from nature as much as possible. So thankfully, I won't ever see a bear in my life uh, <laughs> or any sort of weird weird animals like that. Yeah, just Warrington fans. <laughs> I still think Jefferson is the best wolf out of them all. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I still do think have we have a cool mascot. mascot. Yeah. All right. Well, but, um, but no, well thanks, thanks again, guys. It was great yeah. chatting with you guys thanks yeah, for having thanks me for on your show on. guys yeah thanks for coming on andrew that was nice to get to turn up even though he was late <laughs> yeah, <laughs> up late uh where can we find you on twitter sandy um uh, so my twitter handle is sandy d shipley 01 not very original sorry uh, <laughs> unlike yours um yeah so i'm i do a lot on twitter it's very it's very much from the heart you know it's um just a view of someone new to rugby league that, that's yeah, my, awesome. mainly what i i post and and where can we find you on twitter andrew uh I, andrew rlp i've only got like four or five followers so you know okay follow me and help me get a profile there i don't yeah. think many people know who i am yeah i'm not convinced um <laughs> <laughs> and and but, my Latin, my name's at League Freak, and if you're listening to this, I like to mostly talk about financial issues, uh, a little bit of politics. Don't talk too much about rugby league. So if you're looking for rugby league, wrong person to follow. 
You don't so, happen to be a centre for the West Tigers, do you? What's that? You don't happen to be a centre for the West Tigers, do you? <laughs> no, more useful than that. <laughs> oh, you're um, a beer coaster. <laughs> anyway. Let's wrap this one up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you subscribe. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all soon. Thank you. See you later.